0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings, the greatest fantasy site in the world. DFS, Best Ball. Get the DraftKings app on your phone. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. We are in off-season mode, but there really is no off-season. You know what I mean? Like, all that changes is rather than doing the Ross Tucker Football Podcast five days a week, we do it three days a week because we want you to use the other days to listen to the Even Money Podcast. The College Draft Podcast, the Business of Sports Podcast, or, of course, this here Fantasy Feast Podcast. And again, twofold. Number one, fantasy football is year-round now. It just is. And number two, it's such an awesome, awesome, very talented group of people that devote their entire lives to the NFL, and diving in for information to try to make their fantasy teams better and their fantasy customers better. Like our guy Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com, where you should use the code FEAST. There is Joe. There, By the way, your logo, Joe, I talked about it before. You can check it out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The Fantasy Points logo is straight fire. Yeah, it that.
1: is. Uh, we, that was one. Um, we had the idea early on, and it was one of those things where we hired, like, a bunch of different designers, and um, we had different guys trying to do things. And it s- so happens, like, one of the first designs we came up with, I was never to, to get my mind off of it, which turned out to be this one, uh, which is, like, it's the little, like, DFS uh, point where you're playing DFS and, and it shows you where you rank on the uh, the sliding scale of the caching. And then it has a little fire of flame at the top. So um, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I think it fits the site. I think it fits uh, it fits the uh, the aesthetic of the site. And also it's eye catching like, hey, what's that logo? So I think, uh, yeah, with that, that was one of our first early successes of fantasy points.
0: Awesome. Hey, here's the deal with fantasy points, by the way. Make sure when you go over there to get your content, you use the code FEAST when you sign up because next year started two days ago, Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Check him out, by the way, on social at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We've got the awesome YouTube page where you can check out Joe's Is that your home office. Yeah, your attic. What is that, Joe?
1: This is uh this is what they call down south as the bonus room. That's what they call it. Uh, uh <laughs> it's above it's above the garage. Um and uh I needed a bonus room. I work from home. Um I needed one. Uh so I I'm starting to Yeah. We, um, obviously my wife and I, we had, we, she was in school, so we had never owned before. This is the first house we've ever bought. So like, we're still in the process of furnishing the whole house and I get kind of like, I have the secondhand couch over here. We bought a new couch. I finally got some shelves back there that I don't have books on. You can, if if you see me lean back there, you can see I have this shelf unit that I literally just got up here this week. And this weekend I'm going to start putting some of my memorabilia and stuff on there. Uh, but uh, it, I'm gonna get another TV up here, more TVs. I have multiple TVs over here that you can't see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's my home office. It's it's uh, it's where I, uh, I I spend my days. It's where I do my podcasts. Um, and and it's a great it's a great office. It's nice to ha- it's nice to finally have that.
0: Yeah, you gotta check it out. YouTube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can check out all the shows, by the way, at Ross Tucker Pod and. This is very important, especially for you dynasty folks out there. We take questions. Like, we, we take questions. Email us questions, ross at RossTucker.com. But I did think, Joe, looking at it, that it did look to me like it was above a garage. Like, I could just kind of tell by the structure and the fan. It either looked like an attic or a bonus room yeah, it's a bonus above room. a garage. Um, Joe, Super Bowl. That that was the only scenario
1: I did not account for. The I was not expecting that. No. Yeah, um, uh, Ross, uh, it was. A, uh, let's just let's, let's 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 cut it to the chase here. It was an ass kicking. A complete butt yeah, whipping. I mean, it was even worse. And I'm glad, like I'm glad it was that bad because I, the last thing I wanted to be doing this week after this NFL season that we just got through was talking about the refs. That's the last thing I wanted to be doing. And I know there were some ticky tack calls. I get it, Ross. I don't know if one of those calls goes the other way if it changes the game. But Tampa Bay was the better team from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. I, I mean, it, let, let let's just call it like it is and. Uh, and we, we discussed it on the podcast, and it wasn't a unique analysis. You and I discussing it was, you know, I could see Tampa Bay's pass rush, Todd Bowles, affecting this game. It's exactly what happened. I don't think any of us expected it to happen in that way. Obviously, I know Patrick Mahomes played better than the numbers show. Um, you wonder if the injury affected him. Obviously, he's going to have surgery. Um, might be a little iffy for training camp. Uh, coming up here but we'll 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 follow that story throughout the offseason he still made some amazing plays but he also made some mistakes and that's what that pass rush does and you know that pass rush man you just show goes to show if you can't have the quarterback in the nfl man maybe that pass rush is the next best thing to have and fortunately for the tampa bay buccaneers and this is why they're currently doing the boat parade in tampa um, I don't know if you saw that, Ross. They have like a bunch of boats on the water, a great way to socially distance and celebrate. Um, uh, they're, they're doing that because they have the quarterback and they have the pass rush. Todd Bowles did an amazing job. I thought Bruce Arians and brought and Byron Leftwich were a step ahead of Steve Spagnuolo the entire game. Arians and his staff coached circles around Andy Reid. For those of us from the Philly area, PTSD. We have seen that game way too many times just um look i know there were things going on obviously with andy reed and the Britt reed um with with the car accident that tr- tragically injured the little girl he might have been drinking that I, I can't go to begin to say that had a, a, an impact on andy reed but the fact of the matter is from a football standpoint he was completely outcoached in that game
0: so here's a question joe in your mind does this have any impact on the Chiefs next year from a standpoint of any of their players, skill guys, fantasy purposes. Like, I tweeted this, and I'm amazed. Bucks fans are, like, mad. I, I personally don't feel like the Bucks, quote-unquote, figured out the Chiefs. That now all of a sudden there's a formula out. They weren't the first team to play two deep safeties. And no, not and, play that much against the Chiefs.
1: No, I mean, and look, if if, if a defensive the defensive coordinator's job becomes a whole lot easier if his front four maybe you send an extra rusher now and again is constantly in the backfield. I mean, that's not a formula. Like if you were to, like if you were to say, oh my god, my our opponents every week next year are going to be down two starting tackles. Every defensive coordinator is going to take that, but it's not going to be a formula for beating the Chiefs. But it's kind of funny how uh, you know uh, we we talk. Oh, oh my god, Patrick Mahomes is making throws, even incomplete throws in the Super Bowl that no other quarterback on the planet Earth would 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 make. Like the one where he was nearly parallel to the ground and it went off the hands of Daryl Williams. Uh, like yeah no. I mean, he can still do those things, but it's it just goes to show that even Patrick Mahomes, even him, if you get in his face, you are going to force somebody into mistakes. That is not a formula. That's just they add backup tackles. If the offensive line isn't good, we're gonna get after. We're gonna pressure him. He's running around. I think uh, what was the stat? Next gen stat said he had nearly 500 yards. Of like scrambling around in the in the offensive backfield, uh, which is ridiculous number. He was running around. He's trying to make plays. He almost made some big plays. Tyreek Hill had a drop. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a drop in that game. Uncharacteristic mistakes. But there's no formula. There's not like the Buccaneers did what they needed to do. Todd Bowles saw the weakness and said, "Let's go out. Let's let's try to prevent a big play and let's see if our our pass rush gets home." That's what happened. The longest play for the Kansas City Chiefs in that game was a Clyde Edwards-Alaire run, which I think is what? I think I think it's delicious. I think. Wait I think a Are you serious? Uh, Say that again. At least until at least until garbage time. I'm going to I'm going to check to make sure I'm not wrong, but it was at least until very deep into the fourth quarter that the longest play from scrimmage for the Kansas City Chiefs was a Clyde Edwards-Alaire run. Okay, Travis Kelsey had a 33-yard catch late in the game, but Edwards-Alaire's 26-yard run was longer than any play that Tyree Kill made. It was longer than any play Sammy Watkins made. It was longer than any play Michael Hardman made. 26-yard run by by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. By the way, he had two of their longest plays from scrimmage. He had a 26-yard run and an 18-yard reception, and uh, both of those came in the second half. So you're looking at a team that just was not capable of making big plays. It Just did not, did not happen. No big plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um and and look if a, if a team's front four can get home that consistently, of course you're going to play two deep safeties and try to prevent pe- teams from beating you over the top. Uh, that's not a formula. It's just something that every defensive coordinator would take if he could. Todd Bowles had the opportunity. He had the pass rushers Barrett. Pierre Paul, he had Vita Vea causing havoc on the inside. You could send an extra rusher every now and again with those great linebackers they had, and that was how they beat them. And Tom Brady played mistake-free football. Maybe they got, uh, maybe they got a generous flag or two as well. But I mean, every aspect of that game was dominated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a well-earned Super Bowl victory. All right. So you talked about
0: Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Let's just talk moving forward next year. Chiefs running backs, because Edwards Ely is back. I I think what Le'Veon Bell is probably gone. Yeah,
1: yeah he's. Damian
0: gonna be- Williams is reportedly going to opt back in. I don't know. Is Daryl Williams still under contract there? Just what are you thinking? You know, what's your initial reaction <laughs> on the Chiefs backfield next year with Damian Williams back?
1: Uh, if you uh if you get uh analytics, Ross, that show that uh, a lot of people shut off the podcast at this point. I apologize to you, um, but I really hope uh, you guys understand that I'm going to be pushing Clyde Edwards a again, because ultimately I still think he's the best talent in that backfield. Um, he had a rough rookie season. I understand, you know, people were validated. They, I don't care. I don't care if they took a running back in the first round, they don't need him And, I'm going to go with the guys who – I'm going to go with the more proven assets. Like, for instance, towards the back end of the first round, you could have drafted somebody like a Derrick Henry last year. In many drafts, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I know it sounds ridiculous right now, was going ahead of Derrick Henry in many drafts. So – um I don't but I don't think there's going to be a first round or early second round price tag on Clyde Edwards Alaire again. Darrell Williams, by the way, is a restricted free agent. Um, I, I know they like what he brings to the to the equation, and Damian Williams is going to be there. The advantage is I don't think Kansas City is going to be in the market for adding a running back to this fold. If you have Damian Williams, you bring back Darrell Williams as a restricted free agent, you have Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't think they're going to be going out in the veteran market and looking to improve there. Where I think they might want to look to improve is that wide receiver and try to get some. Somebody reliable opposite Tyree Kill it is is not something that they have right now.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, what about for the Bucks running
1: backs? Uh, you know, I think are they both free agents, Rojo and Fournette? Uh, Rojo's not a free agent. He's entering the final year of his rookie contract. Um, but man, like six weeks ago, Ross, a little maybe eight weeks ago, we were talking about Leonard Fournette as a healthy scratch. He was a legitimate difference maker in the playoffs. I, I mean, this, he he was a tone setter. He he was the go-to guy in some critical situations. I was I was of the mind that I thought uh, Bruce Arians left, which made a mistake in that goal line series early in the game. The one bright spot oh, yeah. for Kansas oh. City.
0: Oh my gosh, Ronald Jones had a couple of terrible runs there. Yeah, like, I mean, you've got to get you've got to get in. Two of those
1: were really bad. And I thought Ross, Ronald. We know what Ronald Jones is. If he has a hole and it's open, he can burst through it. And he has more burst than Leonard Fournette. But Fournette was running with a level of confidence that I mean, he had moments like that in Jacksonville. I'm not trying to say that, especially when they ran made their run to the NFC, the AFC Championship game in the 2017 season. I remember, um, I think there, I think it was a run in the AFC Championship game where he basically, he basically decapitated Kyle Van Noy. I mean, at the goal line. And we started to see some more of that that Leonard Fournette for the Buccaneers. Now, here's the fascinating part. If you're Jason light and you're, you're, you're trying to say, you, we've seen teams in recent years get a little too sentimental with the core players who contributed to a championship. I'm looking at Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia is going to be in cap hell this year because of what they did with guys like Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. Can Tampa Bay avoid that? And Leonard Fournette is a big question in that regard. Is Tampa Bay going to bring back Leonard Fournette given his massive contributions in the playoffs? And by the way, it wasn't just as a runner. He was an excellent receiver. I hit every Leonard Fournette over prop known to man for the Super Bowl, and all of them cashed. The rushing yards, the receiving yards, the anytime touchdown, all of it uh, cashed in the Super Bowl. And he was playing better football than, than I've seen him play. But is, is he gonna stay motivated? Was he humbled by the release by the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is he thankful for the opportunity he got in Tampa Bay? If Tampa Bay doesn't pay Leonard Fournette, I think somebody else will. Um, and the question is, is this a buyer-beware situation based on the, the what we've seen from Leonard Fournette? And the other big one for Tampa Bay, obviously you have Antonio Brown, but the massive one is Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's a free agent. He, I mean, he could command my, mega bucks, but Tom Brady's back. He said he's coming back. Bruce Arian said he's coming back. They want to run it back. You have to put Chris Godwin, very the Tampa Bay, who, by the way, has a lot of cap space, very heavily as the favorite to sign Chris Godwin, I would think.
0: So, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, I wanted to go through some of these prop bets with you, Joe, from DraftKings, from the Super Bowl. We did well. Um, You know, some of the big ones for me were Sammy Watkins under catches. I didn't understand that one. Cam Brate over the two and a half catches. Patrick Mahomes under passing yards. He had never done that in a playoff game, 325 and a half. So I didn't think he would go over. So that was a good under for us. Certainly, um, Patrick Mahomes rushing. We thought they'd get pressure. We thought Mahomes would have to scramble. He destroyed.
1: He got that in like the first
0: He's having surgery right now while we're talking. Mm -hmm. And he got it like on the first drive, the over rushing yards. Trying to think what other ones. Oh, Darryl Williams. Did you and I talk about this? Oh, oh God, what a bad beat. Say it. Say it, Joe. I I saw your tweet. But you and I were on the
1: same page on this. Say it. Darryl Williams, over 12 and a half receiving yards. He had seven targets. And had ten receiving yards in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. If you would have told me Daryl Williams was going to have seven targets in that game, I would have said twelve and a half times six. He's getting seventy yards receiving in that game now. Uh, just it. I mean, if it if it was an under, the Kansas City Chiefs hit it with the exception of Travis Kelsey, who caught a ton of passes in garbage time. But oh, Edwards Alaire had some overs because he actually showed up in that game. But everything else was an under for Kansas City. I mean, I, I wonder what kind of odds you could have gotten on Kansas City to not score a touchdown.
0: Oh, my. They, they had it somewhere. Nobody. I know. Nobody well, bet it. it,
1: but they had it somewhere.
0: 15, 20, 21.
1: I mean,
0: yeah, I don't know if DraftKings had it or not, but I know they had it somewhere because uh, I saw somewhere where, like, nobody actually bet it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it just. Uh, we it, The game was affected in the way we thought it would be affected if Tampa Bay was going to win the game. But to the extreme, we did not expect it to that extreme. And then you look at Tampa Bay with the exception of Ronald Jones, by the way, hit his over in rushing yards. Gronk hit some overs, but everybody else for Tampa Bay under, 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 under Mike Mike Evans had one catch. Chris Godwin had two catches. Antonio Brown, I actually got lucky on this one. He scored a touchdown, but I had the under forty-one and a half receiving yards. He had just twenty-two. Tampa Bay didn't need to throw the ball a whole lot. Leonard Fournette, his overs cashed. I, I hit a. I for the second time in uh in my life um I, I I hit the the first score of the Super Bowl um dating back to Super Bowl forty-seven when An- Anquan Bolden. Actually, no, this is the third time because I have another good one. on. But Anquan Bolden scored the first touchdown of Super Bowl forty-seven uh, between the Ravens and the 49ers. Rob Gronkowski, I got him in there. I, I took some narrative props with Rob Gronkowski. was happy about that. My big win ever on first score in a super bowl was betting 60 to 1 for a safety to be the first score of super bowl 48 which was uh, Peyton Manning when the ball was snapped over his head yeah i got that at 60 now, you, a, put that, you put that in every year that wasn't like a one time thing I, I haven't done it since but i had done it i had done it in previous years and you might remember it also happened in super bowl 46 when tom brady was called for intentional grounding in the end zone and that was the first score of that game no, I so don't there have been yeah in two Giants. recent yeah in two recent super bowls a safety's been the first score um, but uh, yeah that i mean i did well with the props um the un, the, the the unders were nuts in this game like that you hit the nuts uh, on the unders in the passing game the run game the overs were were uh, pretty, pretty profitable with Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones you already mentioned Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Helaire
0: Right, and here's the thing. What, the other thing we said is, whether it's DraftKings or elsewhere, under's usually the place to go. Like, under is usually the place to be. Like, if all you ever did was take the under and take the underdog, you'd be in a better place than if you always took the overs and the favorites. Let's talk timeline a little bit, okay, Joe? It is February 10th. We know that we are exactly five weeks away Mm -hmm. from the start of the new league year, March 17th, free agency. The draft is late April from a fantasy standpoint, right? Because we know that we have some listeners and viewers that are just mainly DFS. We have some that are season long. Talk to me about what the next couple months is about. Obviously, we will have guests on. And we'll talk about players and college prospects, and we'll get ready for the 2021 season for both DFS as well as season-long. But right now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, kind of starts the process for people that are into best ball and dynasty, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's big dynasty time. Um, I don't know, Ross, are, are you very online? Have you seen the Sickos meme No. Okay, it's a guy leaning up against a window, and his shirt says Sicko's on it. And he's going, ha, 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 yes, yes. That's the best ball players right now. This is Sicko best ball season. If you are best ball Sicko, you are loving this. Pre-free agency. Uh, As we're talking right now, Ross, if you were to tell me on Super Bowl Sunday that I'd get to Wednesday and we wouldn't have a Carson Lynch trade to talk about, I would have taken – I would have taken the under on that. I would have thought Monday or Tuesday. Now it looks like the Eagles and and whoever they're negotiating with are playing a little bit of hardball here, trying to get the market driven back up in, in some regard. Um, so we have Carson Wentz. We had Russell Wilson on the Dan Patrick show this week come out and say, Ross, you're very familiar with the Dan Patrick show, uh, coming out and saying, hey, I don't know if I'm available. That's a Seahawks question. I I would say 99 to 100. Russell Wilson's the Seahawks quarterback next year, but he wants more personnel, say he's blaming the offensive line. Deshaun Watson, the Texans, their president resigned today. Uh, 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 how many presidents have the Texans had, by the way? What's well, like 17 of them? You got Cal McNair. I thought Bill O'Brien was a president. He's gone. Uh, I thought Jack Easterby was the president. God knows what he is. Um, uh, I, I thought, I thought uh, Casario was the president. He's apparently not. But their president resigned today, so we don't know about Deshaun Watson. We do know about Stafford. Who's going to be the number two pick in the draft? We know Lawrence is going number one. Are the Jets going to trade that pick to somebody? I don't know. But this is sicko time for best ball. Uh, we just talked about Chris Godwin. Some people might say, hey – People are going to overpay for Chris Godwin. Maybe he goes to try to get a big contract somewhere where he's not going to be maximized. Same thing with Kenny Galladay. Maybe Kenny Galladay just goes to the highest bidder. Or you can say, Kenny Galladay's dropping down draft boards because he's a free agent and people don't know where he's going. I'm going to draft him aggressively, hoping he lands with somebody like Kansas City. So uh, this is the time where you can try to create... Um, uh, use the chaos. You use the chaos to your advantage. You know, this time last year, if you put a ticket on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, you are sitting real pretty. So, like, you can use the chaos to your advantage, but you have to understand that that chaos can come back and bite you in the butt as well.
0: Right, so people are already doing best ball drafts at DraftKings and elsewhere because it's fun, because you there's so much uncertainty it's kind of like guessing, hedging, betting on what situations you think guys will find themselves in, which is fun. Also, what talk
1: to me about the Dynasty
0: timeline, Joe.
1: Well, I mean, Dynasty, you can do whatever you want now. Now, there will be some leagues um, that, that will be starting up a Dynasty league right now. Startup Dynasty where everybody's available, including rookies. Many leagues... Um, you might be in a dynasty league which drafts rookies before the NFL draft. The one I'm in with the fantasy point staff, we draft rookies after the NFL draft once we see their landing spots. But now is the time to get on board and start looking at scouting reports. Where might these guys land? We just had, we have a new hire at fantasypoints.com, Wes Huber, who's starting to do fantasy dynasty profiles for, he's going to have Jamar Chase up this week, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris sure you've heard of all those guys. Um, Before we get into some of the deeper guys and guys like that, what is their ideal landing spot? And I think it's time. The great way to educate yourself is, hey, what is an ideal landing spot for some of these rookies? Or what is an ideal landing spot for some of these free agents? And you might start to try to get a vision of how these teams are going to fill out their teams in the NFL draft. So um, it's a great time to start speculating. It's a great time to do a little bit of decompression. It's a great time to start looking at coaching changes. What might change about the Los Angeles Chargers who just had the rookie of the year and Justin Herbert, but fired their entire offensive coaching staff. Um, actually their entire coaching staff. So, it's gonna. It's a fascinating time of year. Hopefully, Ross, we're leaning into a more normal offseason. Unfortunately, it's going to be disrupted already because we're not going to have the NFL combine in a traditional sense. So I don't know what that data is going to look like, but it's a really important time for Dynasty. Um, see what's different about these these pro days these kind I think they're 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 kind of um they're being streamlined by the NFL to make sure like the times aren't wildly different from location to location but I'm really interested to see what those look like as well. Uh there's just a ton of time to speculate and get prepared for that 2021 NFL season.
0: Yep, yeah, and b- by the way, I talked about the Russell Wilson thing on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Don't really understand that. Pretty surprised, very unlike Russell mm-hmm. Not a big fan of it on multiple levels. Make sure you either check out the social media clips at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod, or go ahead and listen or watch today's Ross Tucker football podcast with Andrew Brandt. Well, Greg Cosell on tomorrow's Ross Tucker football podcast. Next week, the 2021 fantasy season begins. We will start to have dynasty experts, best ball experts, We'll start to drive into the draft prospects as well. We might even give Joe a week off every now and then because he deserves it. Because like the fantasypoints.com logo, Joe is straight fire. Just make sure you use the code FEAST when you go over to Fantasy Points and sign up. He is at FG Dolan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod and we are stuffed and done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever
1: podcasts can be found. Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I'll text you. Thanks, friends.
0: Hey, Ross, real
1: quick, I do not have any music for you, so just going to have to open it cold. All right, that's fine. Okay.
0: All right, right.